Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz postgame, jazz win, 123-117. to 117. Jake Scott, coach, Tim Lacombe. The Jazz beat the Pacers, who, as we were just talking about, have now lost 16 of their last 18, which just seems incredible. But the Jazz, in kind of an ugly one, coach, hold off the Pacers and come away with the win. And there's nothing quite like surfing through Twitter right after a loss and this year, there's so many interesting, you know, on both sides of it. Half, you know, people saying they should have lost, and why did we win? And yeah, but nonetheless, the Jazz, you know, they fought. They fought really hard, and I thought Colin Sexton was terrific. Jordan Clarkson, after the turnover issues, really kind of shot the Jazz to this win. I feel like Jordan was six of eight tonight from three. Twenty nine points, nine of seventeen from the field. Had three assists, one rebound, but as you mentioned, seven turnovers. And including quite the stretch there in the third quarter, but then as as Jordan t- typically does, you know it's it's ups and downs with him, and the ups are really really good. And they came in the fourth quarter when the team needed it. And I think, in fairness to him, you know he's probably a guy with Conley leaving that he misses a bunch of that you know that leadership piece, that veteran piece, and and I think there are even times Clarkson kind of leaned on Conley, so it, it was a big change for him. And you know I thought the last couple of games he's you know, he's sorting it out and finding his way. But really, it was that explosion in the third, uh, making all those threes and getting, um, you know, continuing to find looks. Playing through the turnovers, you know, bad things are going to happen, but how do you handle it? And, um, you know, it was it was a it was a big-time outing by Jordan in that third quarter with a lot of things going wrong. As you mentioned, Sexton was really good tonight. 18 points, 6 assists for him, 7 of 14 shooting. And Lowry Markinen with 29 points also, 10 of uh, 20 shooting, 11 boards, 2 assists. He had 3 turnovers as well, but a really nice game for Lowry. Yeah, he was great. Um, from the beginning, thought really aggressive. There were a number of times, obviously, they went to the re- review when he went to dunk um, <clears throat> over Naismith, and he, uh, you know, they ended up calling a block on the on the floor and then went the replay and it held. But like those plays, he was going hard. He dunked one from the corner on an offensive rebound. Didn't make any threes in the first half um, and ended up making two. So he was two for, I think he was 0 for 5. So two for four in the second half from three. Seven for seven from the line and love seeing his rebounds up there every night. He had 11 tonight. 
Uh, for the Pacers, uh, Tyrese Halliburton had 25 points in the second half. Finished the game with 30 points, 12 assists. Had a really nice game. Naismith, who was really good in the first half, cooled off a little bit in the second. He finished with uh, 19. Uh, Matherin, your boy, coming in off the bench with 19. He had a nice game, 7 of 12 shooting. Yeah, he just carries himself with so much confidence. Um, I think he's going to be a great one for a long time. Love the fact that he's kind of learning in a you know a bench role. We talked about this in the pregame, but fits this group. And yeah, I thought he brought instant energy and competitiveness when he was in there. You know, I, Locke was saying kind of diagnose what's going on with the Pacers or why they lost this one, and it's it's really a great question because uh, maybe Indiana was a little better than they should have been earlier in the year, but uh, this team's got talented players. I'm I'm surprised. I mean, losing 16 of 18 for for a team that is not you know in the full blown rebuild just seems crazy i mean halliburton's uh you know halliburton's a great player obviously and uh you know uh look at naismith and buddy healed and and these guys i know uh they were without uh, uh what were they were without turner tonight uh but you know that that's a pacer team i think would or i i would think would be better than that no i totally agree with you i think sabonis is you know we talked about the trade and how it's won both sides won no question uh, Halliburton's such a great get, but he's just good in a different way. Yeah. Um, you know, Indiana was a, with him, that, you know, kind of had an enforcer right there alongside a Turner. And I think maybe they've lost a little of that. They seem a little bit, obviously, numbers show that their defense is not good. Uh, but I thought the Jazz, particularly Sexton, got right to the front of the rim at will. And you know, I just don't know that, well, tonight for sure, without t- Turner, but that seems to be the issue. Man, the Jazz caught fire from the three. We talked about in the pregame and at half how this team may have gone from a really good three-point shooting team to a not-so-great three-point shooting team. They ended the game 15 of 33, 45.5%. Red hot. Yeah, and it's great to see. Um, you know, they, they really loosen up the defense with the, their ability to get into the guts. You know, watching Sexton, every single time he catches it off just simple reversal, you know he's capable if he can get to his right hand to beat his defender. So, some fun things, some fun ways to play. But three point shots there ultimately for spacing, and it's you know they're going to have to make that shot enough. And tonight they were elite at it, forty five percent. Yeah, I would say including Jordan Clarkson who was six of eight, Woo! and uh, Kelly the clinical Linux, four of four. From three is he was uh, really good. Ochai Obaji, who was our walk-off inter- uh, interview tonight, he was two of four. So some really good three-point shooting from the Jazz. Not from Lowry so much though, Coach. He was only two of nine. You know, Olinick's interesting. I, I learned through the grapevine that he's a guy. Uh, there was a, quite a lot of interest with uh, contenders with him, and it just kind of pieces fell where it, it didn't happen. But I think you see why the league is a as a five-out league anymore. Teams that have that piece that can step out and shoot it certainly are an advantage. He played 31 minutes tonight, missed one field goal, did not miss a three, did not miss a free throw, had 10 rebounds, two assists, and zero turnovers. I mean, that's, that's, that's a heck a of a game. whale of a basketball game for a guy that takes a lot of, you know, he's a guy that's kind of the brunt of things sometimes, and I think he's been everything the Jazz needed out of a five and more. All right, let's get uh, back to Indianapolis and Coach Hardy. Execute in the fourth quarter and come out with a win. Um, some guys made some big plays down the stretch, which is what has to happen to win a close game in the NBA. But I think our team maintained composure and 
an understanding of what was working for us, what spacing was working for us, and it, it enabled us to to come out with the win. I think defensively, credit to Indiana. Like they are maybe the fastest team in the league. Changing ends of the court, Halliburton is unbelievable, make and miss at getting his team up the floor, throws the ball ahead, but they are all so committed to running. Um, you can show as much film as you want about that, but you can't simulate that speed. And I thought early in the game, it really caught us off guard. Uh, they played with such great pace, make and miss, and we played a, a heavily, a heavy transition game early. And I think as the game went on, our team adjusted and was able to keep them in the half court more um, as the game went along. They still made... You know, effort to push the ball, Halliburton, McConnell when he comes off the bench. Uh, but I thought that our team did a good job of getting back and setting our defense, and it allowed us to to get more stops in the fourth quarter, and um, ultimately helped us come out with the win. Speaking of speed, is it I guess hard to play with a guy like Colin for the other guys? Is it hard to almost keep up with him? Yeah, I mean, I was joking during the beginning of the fourth quarter that. If those guys wanted to get shots, they should probably stretch and start running because Colin's going at a different speed than everybody else. Um, you know, Colin is one of the fastest players in the NBA, and we encourage Colin to use his speed um, to push the tempo for us, and he's obviously not shy when he thinks he sees a crack of space. Um, he's like a great you know, kick returner. He just heads for the gap at full speed, and he puts a lot of pressure on their defense. I thought... You know, him picking up those couple of fouls early in the quarter, again, that really helps set the tempo for the rest of the of the, the fourth quarter. Um, we've been a part of now three games in a row where there's been pretty early bonus um, for one of the teams in the in the fourth quarter. We've happened to be that team twice, which has really helped because it, it, it gives you a different level of aggressiveness offensively, knowing that if you get fouled, you're going to the free throw line. So credit to Colin um, and the rest of the guys will have to do some more uh, dynamic warm-ups for these next games if they want to keep up with them. Have you, what, have you liked what you've seen on the defensive end from Ochai and Simone as they've kind of gotten a few more minutes? Yeah, for sure. They're, they're understanding the consistency that's needed and you know, doing it one game is not enough and doing it one shift is not enough. Like You have to give us that consistency on that end and I think They've both really responded to that challenge. Um, you know, Ochai draws a lot of tough matchups. We're putting him on primary ball handlers a lot when he's in, and I think it's great. Uh, it's great for his learning, but we're not just doing it so that he can learn. Like we think that he's pretty capable and uh, gives us gives us a lot of good minutes in that spot. So he's doing a great job. And then, you know, Tech is for sure more athletic than people give him credit for. We saw the big block he had in the first half. Um, you know, he plays with, with great effort all the time, and um, he's a little bit bigger than, than you think when you get up close to him, um, and definitely a little bit more athletic than you think, so he's uh, he's given us a lot of good minutes, um, played with a lot of high energy, and you know, recently he hasn't made a ton of shots, but I don't worry about making shots with Tech. Um, that's something that he can do in his sleep. Speaking of shots, uh, a lot of their good shooters tonight struggled, which is not normal. Buddy went 2 of 11. It looked like he got some pretty good looks, though. Were you a little bit unhappy with kind of how open he was? 
Uh, some of them, for sure, but I don't think all 11 were great. I think he rushed a couple because our guys were, were doing a pretty good job of closing on him. Um, but he's a hell of a shooter. I don't expect him to go two for 11 in any game. So um, there's probably a little bit of luck in there, but it's also the, the pace that he plays with and moves with on the offensive end. It's hard to keep him from getting shots off. Like He's one of the best guys in the league at getting to a second and third action. If you take the first one away, he runs into a pick and roll and slips out and gets to the second side and um, you know doesn't dribble very much like he plays with a ton of pace gets the ball passes it chases it um, so he's he's a tough cover uh, I'll have to go back and watch the film to see all 11 of them but I definitely think you know a couple of them for sure he just missed and I thought I'd say half of them our guys did a pretty good job this is probably the most consistent minutes Doke has ever had in his NBA career. What have you kind of seen from the last few games? Yeah, I think Doke obviously gives us, you know, a huge presence physically um, on both ends of the court. He's such a great screener on the offensive end. Um, he's a physical beast under the under the rim on the glass. He had nine rebounds tonight, I think. Is that right? Yeah, yeah nine rebounds tonight in almost 13 minutes. That's a pretty high clip. Um, he's he's doing a great job of, of using his physicality um, on both ends of the court, and you know it's hard. He hasn't played much this year, and so you know we're trying to have him focus on the foundational stuff and, and basic things on both ends of the court. And I think he's he's doing that. I think he's gotten a little bit more comfortable each game. It's obviously a huge adjustment to go from not being in the rotation really at all this year to all of a sudden overnight you're playing 10 to 14 minutes in the game. So um, I think he's he's coming along great. Those two dunks tonight, like his athleticism really stands out in a game. I mean, he's he's a beast. And uh, it's it's been great to see him get some consistent minutes. I look forward to him kind of just settling in. Um, you know, some of like the anxious nerves kind of wearing off a little bit, and uh, fatigue usually helps with that. There you go, Jazz head coach Will Hardy <clears throat> and his uh, post game comments as the Jazz beat the Pacers one twenty three to one seventeen. A lot of conversation there, coach, come about the young guys. Yeah, it really is the um, you know there's that's the wisdom. I, I had a lot of people ask me why would they move guys right now. You know, outside of <clears throat> obviously the big pick, um, you know, right now is a time these guys have all had an opportunity to play minutes, complimentary minutes, and now they they get a, a step up and guys that you kind of want to get a better look at, guys that you know are going to be here. Um, so it, it is great for these young guys. Uh, he talked about Doke there to end it, who hasn't played much at all in the time he's been here. Uh, but it's time these guys all have minutes. They can all go out there and and gobble up more if they can play well. And, you know, that's a great scenario for them all to be in. All right. Uh, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast is uh, coming your way. Final game before the All-Star break, uh, Coach Lacombe. Wednesday night, the Jazz will be in Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. That game will tip off at 6 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have more sound for you. Continue to break this one down as well as the Jazz beat the Pacers tonight, 123-117. to You are listening to Utah Jazz. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. 
But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Basketball. Sound. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Post Game Show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. Jazz Post Game, Jake Scott, coach, Tim LaCoe. Post Game brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz beats Pacers tonight, 123 to 117. They are now 2-1 and one on this four-game road trip. Coach, well, they'll uh, wrap things up uh, coming up on Wednesday night in Memphis. But the Jazz got a big performance from Lowry Marketing and Jordan uh, Clarkson, both with 29 apiece. But you talked about this a little bit in the last segment, and you heard uh, Coach Hardy talk about how fast Colin Sexton was playing. Well, Colin might have been a big part of the reason, especially there in the fourth quarter, the Jazz pulled this one out. Yeah, his ability to you know square up a defender and get by him before he even knows there's an engagement is is pretty remarkable. And you know, it's been, I mean, it's been a long time. You know, I know that. Uh, you know, Darren Williams had a little of that in him early on. A uh, big guy that he, you know, uses physicality to get by guys. But that wasn't really Don- Donovan's mo while he was here. And so it's been a minute, and it's great to see, um, you know, him be able to create an easy shot for himself or others just by getting by. And I think he's growing. He's certainly, um, you know, he's taking his lumps with turnovers from time to time. But I, I just love the passion and energy he plays with, and I think he's uh, he's definitely. On the fly, he's, he's learning a ton every single night. Well, and has played great since the trade deadline. Yeah, since yeah, he really has. He got a bigger role, you know, got more of an opportunity. He's really uh, jumped into it, and he's got a ton of energy, and he played great tonight. Yeah, his, um, again, turnover's only two tonight, six assists. So those numbers are great. But again, to me, the biggest advantage is he is a... You know, you don't have to run anything for him. He, you saw him in transition go, he's a one-man fast break, but then you get him isolated or in a ball screen, and, and he can get all the way to the basket if people aren't in the right spots. Let's check out the Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Flight Auto, Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Flight will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass, Lowry Markinen, the All-Star. Had 11 rebounds to go along with his 29 points. But Kelly Olenek had 10. And Doak, you heard Will Hardy uh, shouting out Doak in his postgame comments. Doak had nine boards in 13 minutes. The one thing he can do, he can gobble up boards. We saw it in the minutes last year. Um, but I thought Doak was pretty good tonight, you know, all things considered. He he certainly, you know, is in a – he's playing uphill, let's put it that way. Uh, hasn't played f- consistently for a long time, so – Anything he can bring, but it was, again, I thought the play that was big for him in the first half was a couple shots gets whacked out of there, and he doesn't try to 
baby something, he takes it all the way to the front of the room and dunks it. Well, he is physically unique. I mean, the the NBA is a, a lot about physical uniqueness, and he is physically unique. He's got to obviously to catch up a little bit in the in the skill area, but if you can go out and dominate sports like that, nine rebounds in thirteen minutes, I mean, you're the coach is going to find a use for you. Well, he is the prototype of what eighties and nineties basketball in the NBA was like. You want a big guys that you could just you know throw in there to knock people around and. Um, and it's changed. I mean, now you were talking about the value of a guy having a guy like a Linux at the five, and those two things couldn't be further from the truth. By the way, Taylor Horton Tucker uh, had seven assists tonight, so that means uh, in his last three games he's had eight, seven, and seven. Do quick math. That's Pretty awesome. Twenty-two assists 22. In, in three games. That's a workable number. That is uh, whether sustainable or not. It's certainly a number that you can work with. God, I think it's amazing, and he's really taken advantage of having more of a role. I mean, you know, Nikhil Alexander-Walker gets moved. He goes to Minnesota with, with Mike Conley. Well, Talon and Nikhil were kind of battling for those minutes, and now things have opened up for him. He's stepping up and taking advantage uh, of his opportunity. He got 19 minutes tonight and didn't shoot the ball particularly well, two of seven, one of three from three. But if you can go out there and have seven assists and zero turnovers. That's the biggest number on pretty the Pretty good. Yeah, his turnovers because that's decision-making. And he's certainly becoming better at that. But another guy uniquely that can find his way where he needs to get on the floor, uh, regardless of who's guarding him, those are really good guys to have out there on the floor. If you took Jordan Clarkson off the team, the Jazz only had 11 turnovers tonight. True. But they also then would only have nine threes. Also true. You've got to take the good with the bad. Good with the bad. But that, that seven turnovers from Jordan Clarkson just really stands out. And actually, the number isn't quite that egregious because he got four of those almost right in a row. Uh, and uh, the Jazz finished the night with 18 turnovers, um, which, again, if you take away Jordan Clarkson's seven is a manageable number. Indiana only turned over, uh, turned the ball over 11 times. To me, Jordan, you know, we've not seen a whole lot of that out of him. But since the break, or excuse me, since the trade deadline, uh, I do feel like there is a little bit more, you know, dribbling, and that is not a great recipe. So, more shooting, um, more passing it, as Will said, more pass, passing it to our guys. Yeah, it, it felt like, uh, and you pointed this out to me as we we're watching the game. Feel like uh, Coach Hardy got after Jordan a little bit there, and uh, emphasized he'd be a little uh, less selfish and uh, move the ball to the right player, and it seemed like he really responded. No, it seemed like it to me. Um, again, that's the key to having a guy as a coach who can relate but also deliver that message with authority. And I find it fascinating how, how different players are coached or how they respond. I would imagine that's challenging for a coach to figure out which buttons to push and when. You know how crazy you've, – you've known me for three years and how nuts I am. That's all a, a byproduct of that. So, yes, it is difficult. It, it also has a bi- you mean a, a negative effect on the coach trying to figure that out? Well, just longer later in life yeah, I when see. they're trying to figure themselves out. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share, uh, Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz win over the Pacers, 123 to 117. We'll have more player sound for you coming up next. Stay tuned. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running up, blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my.
Jazz post game. Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win 123-117 over the Pacers. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. We'll get to some player sound uh, coming up here. We hope momentarily. Coach, Coach Lacombe, in fact, let's go right to it. Here's Colin Sexton. The course of this game with your energy and urgency in the third quarter, how did you feel that really turned it around? Uh, I was saying defensive end. I feel like on the defensive end, that's where I picked it up, started talking more, just used my energy um, throughout the game. I felt like the third quarter, we had to lift my teammates up a little bit more and get us going. And uh, You could just tell they feed off me a little bit, and uh, tonight it helped. So I was excited. They made it interesting down the stretch, pulling a little closer. How did you guys close this out on the road? It's a big win on this road trip. We stayed poised, stayed poised. Um, I feel like against New York, we got a little rattled at the end, and I feel like down the stretch we took some tough shots. So tonight we wanted to get a bucket or just a good shot every time down. And um, Even though they missed some calls here and there, but I feel like the refs did a great job tonight for us. When you get downhill, I mean, you're challenging the rim, attacking the basket, even with Jackson in there who had so many blocks. How are you so fearless when you attack the rim? Um, just pretty much just reading, just reading the big. If you come over, don't fall off. But if not, I think I'm athletic enough to finish over anybody. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I would say Colin. Colin Sexton right there with, uh, with Holly Rowe. Uh, he, you can tell he believes he's athletic enough to finish over everybody. And I love that he even talks like he's... On, in the fast break, he, he, he really know, does. He talks with great energy, you know, like he's got some more to go. Which, again, I love it. I said from the very beginning that he's a guy. You know, when you get a guy that can change the pace of a game, that plays the game completely different. It's roadrunner mentality. Maybe like can get by guys. You hold on to them because they can create so much. And everybody, you know, he, he goes plays too fast. You can slow a guy down. And I think Coach Hardy's done a great job. They've incrementally given him more minutes as he's as he's kind of played and we're seeing a great player right now you you know 18 points six assists um in 29 minutes shot the ball 50 percent from the field what's not to like you said that a bunch over the years you'd much rather slow a player down than speed him up no question i mean it's hard when you think about somebody you got to motivate every single day to you know if you pulled my wife like the last 30 years be like pulling teeth to you know for me to do things but if you've got somebody that is just really, really active and diligent, all you need to do is help them be more efficient. I think that's an easier, that's an easier challenge. Man, it, it's funny. I just think about uh, my mind immediately goes to uh, to my five year old who's uh, really into crafts, and so you have to slow her down, or she'll make a mistake. But if you ask her to do her simple kindergarten homework, oh man, you got to speed her up. She just sit there and dawdle all day long. <laughs> I've seen it like the, the heavy sigh, like yeah. do one problem. <laughs> yeah, I raised kids, bro. I know. Yeah. Believe me, I know. It's funny you can apply that logic to so many different things, you know. No doubt. Uh, but if she's coloring and she's just flying through it and then makes a mistake, it's like, okay, well, you got to slow down a little bit. You won't make a mistake. But uh, isn't that, that funny? It's certainly the truth with, with Sexton. I mean, he is going out there. And I think uh, from listening to you and listening to Coach Hardy and, and what uh, what is said about him, what he needs to work on is 
you know, making the right reads, making the right uh, decisions, maybe slowing down a, a little bit to set up his teammates. But, man, isn't it nice to watch a jazz guard who the other team can't stay in front of? Well, think about him in a scenario, perhaps, you know, where the Jazz continue to build and he all of a sudden becomes your wild card like JC's been the wild card the last few years. And when he comes in the game, he's obviously uh, he's a lockdown defender on the ball. So I think you've got that. But then you've also got a guy who, as we saw tonight, with most guys, he's going to be able to get an advantage. So fun things to think about, but uh, definitely, I, I think, a, a long future with the Jazz here for Sexton. Yeah, I mean, he's got a great contract. I mean, he just signed the extension after the trade. I'd have to look it up, but uh, what, another four years and 18, 19 million bucks a year? I mean, yeah, that great. is a that is a great... I mean, it, it feels kind of funny, you know, talking about how 18, 19 million bucks a year is a terrific bargain. But, uh, I mean, in the NBA world, he's worth every penny of that. That's a, that's a terrific contract, and um, I certainly can see him being better than that contract throughout most of it. Well, barring injury, right? Knocking oh, yes. Head. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm not going to what I'm saying, but barring that, a, a guy who's going to still, he's going to fill the stat sheet every single night. Like, you know you're going to get it. He plays with the same sort of effort people talk about with Westbrook, who he just goes, man. He goes hard every single night. Which is fun to watch, uh, I think. And I thought Sexton was great tonight. Again, his line, 18 points, 7 of 14 shooting. Only took one three. He missed it. Four of five from the line. He had six assists uh, and did grab a a rebound as well uh, for the Jazz uh, in their win tonight over the Pacers. Again, uh, Larry Markin with 29. Jordan Clarkson with 29. Kelly Olenek with 18. We haven't talked much about Walker Kessler because he was quiet, particularly in the second half. Six points. Uh, five rebounds. He did have a couple blocks and a couple steals, but basically had all of that production in the first half. Yeah, just didn't, um, you know, Doak went in, um, you know, had some success. The Jazz went a little bit small as t- at times as well. Um, but that's the beauty. Walker's so far out in front right now in terms of his growth um, that, you know, it might be a nice thing to have less wear and tear on a night like tonight. I saw him. a little grumbling online, too, about him not playing in the fourth quarter, but honestly, I th- or at the end of the fourth quarter. I think it's going to be difficult to play him in those minutes until he's a little bit more consistent at the free throw line. Absolutely. Huge. And that's a great point that people don't really think about. But, yeah, up until, what is it, two minutes, I think, at that point. But even then, you throw it to him and he gets fouled. He's just not shooting the ball well enough from the line. Um, and, and that's typical. You, you go smaller or you put a better shooting big out there. Well, and and you're the coach, so so you know. Correct me if I'm I'm wrong here, but in a game where you're just trying to keep the Pacers at arm's length, too. I mean, they had a ten point lead over Indiana at one point that dwindled to two, right, with, with three minutes and change to go. And so, if if Indiana can steal extra possessions by fouling Walker Kessler, you know, smart coaches are going to do that. Of course, yeah, it's akin to a turnover, right? If you have a a guy that's really struggling to shoot free throws and you put him out there and gets fouled. You know, you kind of kick your, yourself sometimes as a coach if you let that happen. All right, the Jazz win tonight, 123-117 to over the Pacers. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own, mysubaruis.com. We will have more for you coming up straight ahead. Yeah, it's uh, Jazz Postgame. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Wow! The outcome is in the 
let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz Postgame. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. Your final Jazz beat the Pacers 123-2117. Uh, behind 29 apiece from Jordan Clarkson and Lowry Markinen. Let's talk about the Pacers a little bit, Coach. Uh, Halliburton tonight, after having just five points in the first half, finished the game with 30 points, 12 assists, three steals. He was 12 of 24, shooting three of eight from three. The Pacers also got uh, 19 from Matherin coming in off the bench and 19 from Naismith, who did most of that damage. Uh, in the first half, but uh, Halliburton turned it on, and I don't want to say it was too little, too late because he was really good. I, gu- I guess maybe I'll just say with Buddy Heald only having eight points, he just didn't get enough help tonight. No, he didn't get enough help. Um, you know they have to shoot the ball. They have to shoot the ball well with Heald, particularly. I mean to get enough points, and especially if Miles Turner's not, Turner's not playing right. tonight. Um, you know I'm looking at, you know like you said, Matherin came off the bench and really contributed. Um, but outside of that, it was, you know, the, the next guy coming off the bench was Jackson, um, who had 11 points. So the depth tonight was was a little bit of an issue. And, and healed going two for 11 can't help them. I mean, he's been shooting certainly way better than that. And tonight just couldn't buy one. No, they need him badly. Yeah, two of 11 from three, three of 13 from the field. And he did not have a good game. And uh, the Pacers came up short. I got to think uh, as a result, uh, Tice had 11, but they absolutely missed Turner. Oh yeah, there's there's like no. Again, we saw time after time the Jazz get to the rim. In fact, let me look at this because I had this up and it was interesting. Um, I was actually just looking to see prior to the deadline trade, Dallas was 22nd on defense. So I'm just curious because there's 2:58 to go. Right now, Minnesota's at Dallas in the third quarter, and Minnesota's already scored 91 points. So um, so Dallas not going to stop? Many. Many, yeah. Certainly not tonight. Um, no, but tonight the Jazz, 32 shots at the rim. So they attacked the rim. They went 20 for 32 and got there a lot. So without a, a real shot blocker, we saw Jackson when he was in there block a couple. But beyond that, the Jazz did a nice job of putting – Constant pressure on the rim, and uh, and then some shots from three started to fall. Uh, let's get to the Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A, earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Tonight from the line, the Jazz were, let's see, that's the Pacers. The Jazz were 22 of 25, 88% from the line tonight. Great number for them. The Pacers were 14 of 20, just 70%. But the Jazz got... Uh, Let's see here. Jordan Clarkson was 5 of 7. Larry Markinen was 7 of 7. Colin Sexton, 4 of 5. Kelly Olenek, 4 of 4. So the Jazz uh, doing a lot of damage at the line tonight. I love it. Um, you know, it's a great number. We've talked about it this year. One of the things you try to shoot for is to make more free throws in your opponent attempts, and the Jazz did that tonight. Made 22. Uh, Indy only takes 20. How about, uh, you know what, I we've got to keep an eye on this Isaiah Jackson. I agree. He's on the list. He was 5 of 9 from the line, but he went to the line 9 times. He had 11 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 blocks in 26 minutes. And you and I were trying to do a little background on him. This is not his norm production. He's uh, normally a a 6-point... 
three rebound guy coming in off the bench in just a few minutes. I don't know. I think he's got uh coach, he's got some potential. Kentucky guy, he's in his second year. Popping his legs for sure. Oh, he's got athleticism coming out of his ears. First round pick, uh twenty twenty one by the Lakers. Um and he went twenty second overall. So you talk about I, that's another thing that people ask me. What can the Jazz really get in that position? Um, well, guys like Isaiah Jackson fall through, um, you know, and you do your homework, you find him. Um, but he looks to be a guy. It will earmark him. I, I won't, I'm curious what happens with him. But reminds me of like when we saw Garrett Temple for yeah. the first time when he kind of blew our minds and was blocking shots all over the place and stuff. Yeah, he was uh, he was doing great until. Uh, Doak uh, got that big backside, and uh, he had that streak of two monster blocks, and then Doak uh, like, uh, said this will end and got a dunk. He was like trying to get in on a uh, a Black Friday sale, and he was trying to get into the carts. So he just wedged himself all the way in the into humanity, got as close as he could, and dunked that thing. This was uh, Doak's best game for a while. And I want to say his best, he had a, a couple of games last year when the team was really shorthanded. Where he played already he had one in particular, what in New York last year, where he was really good. Uh, but tonight, you look at it; he had four points, but he had nine boards in just thirteen minutes. Yeah, and he was an advantage tonight. You know, there's a guy on Indy's team that can move him. So I like that Coach Hardy went to him, played him thirteen minutes, and honestly, the best number on the page for him and what the Jazz need. You know, night in and night out from everybody's rebounding. And he gave them nine in 13 minutes. So, I mean, that that's an elite skill. And, and Doak has the ability to gobble up boards. We have seen that. Well, I'll tell you, the Jazz had such a problem rebounding the basketball against the Knicks. That was not a problem tonight, Coach. They crushed Indiana on the boards 46-32 to 32 and beat them 11-8 on the offensive rebounds. So, you know, rebounding is important. This just in. This just in, rebounding is important. And even with that, you know, the way they crushed them on the boards because of their turnovers, um, you know, Indiana actually had five more field goal attempts. So that's always interesting to chart, too. Um, but, you know, the Jazz did a, a decent job of not letting those be turnovers for touchdowns. You know, they did give up a couple, but a lot of the turnovers were, you know, like dead ball or traveling, things like that, where you can actually go get set. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com will get you play of the game. We'll wrap this one up coming up next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running hook. Blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Oh, my. Lowry to the front court. Low dribble, hands to Jordan. Jordan, step back three. Flame on, kid! Flame on! 76-75, JC with back-to-back trades. Our guy David Locke in your play of the game, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. 
Jazz win tonight over the Pacers, 123-117. to Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru is campaign real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. Interesting game from Jordan Clarkson, as you heard in the play of the game right there. But, man, was he good when it mattered. He uh, finished the game tonight, 29 points, 9 of 17 shooting and he had three assists. But uh, Coach Lacombe was his three-point buckets that were of extreme value tonight. The Jazz were 15 of 33 overall from three. Clarkson himself was six of eight. And really, the the Jazz needed to find a way to shoot the three. I, at halftime, we talked about it, but felt like the team that kind of found the three ball would be able to pull away, and it was perfect timing by J.C. Just uh, really gave the Jazz a huge lift, and then everybody else kind of... Uh, followed along but you like to see that with Jordan I know as we talked about since the deadline it's been a little rough um and you know he's he's got a lot to play for certainly a, a big contract year looming so uh I love to see him out there making it happen like that if you're just joining us some of the other numbers from your box score tonight Larry Markinen had 29 on 10 of 20 shooting he had uh, 11 boards a couple of assists to go along with that 29 points 18 for Colin Sexton he also had six assists Kelly Olenek had 18 he had uh, 10 boards as well he was five of six from the field and four of four from three Olenek was great tonight uh, Ochai Obaji had uh, eight points coming in off the bench uh, Doak had four points but grabbed nine boards in 13 minutes for the Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton had 25 points in the second half, finished the game with 30 points and 12 assists. He also grabbed three steals. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Aaron Naismith had 19. Uh, Matherin, uh, Matherin, excuse me, had 19 coming in off the, uh, the bench. Isaiah Jackson had 11 off the bench. Daniel Tice got the start tonight as Miles Turner did not play. He had 11 points. And uh, five rebounds. The Pacers, if we were doing the Master of the Glass for the Pacers, Coach, Aaron Naismith was their leading rebounder tonight with six boards. Man, they stink on the boards. Something's a foul. I just can't. I don't know what it is, but it just is odd. Something not clicking right. And obviously tonight they're down without, without Miles. But, yeah, that team should be better than that. Man, I would think so. That's that's tough. Having your leading rebounder have just six rebounds and it's your small forward. Well, uh, you know Turner obviously makes a big difference for them, but the, the you know the Pacers are a, are a flawed squad. Flawed. I don't I don't know if they're six. They've lost sixteen of their last eighteen. I don't know if they're that that bad. I mean that is rough, but they they've certainly got some issues. Yeah, they moved to twenty five and thirty four. Which is wow. just crazy. Wow. I'm actually surprised they didn't make any moves at the deadline. They made like a small move. They got Nora from, from Milwaukee, but it was just, you know, there, there was no substance to it. And Hill, I think. I think George and George Hill, Hill, right, coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got a nice uh, standing ovation from the crowd tonight as uh, as he comes back home, so to speak. Well, literally, because he's from Indianapolis, but yeah, also it's his uh, second go-around with, uh, with the Pacers. And, of course, his first go-around ended... When the Jazz traded for him on draft night. I still remember that uh, that draft night. The Jazz moved, I think it was the 12th pick to get George Hill. And he only played one year for the Jazz, but he played a really good year. And I know he like the, the fans loved him around here. They did. He was involved. And, yeah. He had those toe-foot issues, though, that uh, plagued him in that season. Because he, he got off to an all-star start. 
and then had trouble staying on the floor. And the Jazz, of course, that was their return to the playoffs with, with Gordon Hayward, and they ended up beating the Clippers in a thrilling seven-game series and then couldn't get that extension done during the year. And then he ended up going to Sacramento after the Jazz traded for Ricky Rubio. So kind of one of those things. And then ended up uh, right getting a title in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's right. So George... Uh, George has had his success, but it was cool. Easy guy to cheer for. You can see why they like him so much there in Indiana. Yeah, no doubt. So, but you know, again, flawed squad. The Jazz did. You know, they just went and got the game. Really did. And you know, maybe it is a belief thing, like David said. The fourth quarter rolls around, and they say, "Oh, we know how to do this. We got this down." Any final thoughts, Coach? Before we say good night. One more before the All Star break. Yeah, and I, I just encourage everybody to get down to Salt Lake this week. It's Historic and it only happens every so often. And um, I know the just driving through today, seeing all the signage and everything, it's going to be a fun week. So get downtown. Well, just know that Third West, I, I'm assuming it'll be closed for the rest of the week, but I know some people were running into that this morning. Third West outside of the arena is closed. So take fourth, take second, take West Temple, but Third West is closed. Yeah. A little stay traffic away. update for you. When you're going home tonight, coach. Third West is close. Attention, troops. <laughs> the general, General Gridlock. You know, I was talking to DJ about him not that long ago. All right, Coach Lacombe, let's get some uh, let's get some final thoughts from you before we turn the page. No, I think the you know great night tonight uh, for some of the young guys. I thought Sexton played really, really well. His his energy and pace, uh, and then you had you know guys like Clarkson, Markin, who've been doing it all year. A special tip of the cap to uh, Kelly. I thought Kelly had a special night tonight. Did uh, everything, missed one shot. He was almost perfect in everything that he did. So uh, a good win for the Jazz. Have one more, and then All-Star Weekend. All right, we want to say a big thanks to everybody who helped out with the broadcast tonight. Of course, David Locke and Ron Boone calling all of the action. Thanks to our broadcast assistants. Thanks to Mike Smith for jumping on with us during the pregame show. Thanks to Jamil Hawkins, executive producer of the Jazz Broadcast. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show. The My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. And, of course, Coach Lacombe, a thank you. Well, a thank you, too. Uh, next up, Jazz are in Memphis to take on the Grizzlies coming up on Wednesday night. That game will tip at 6, pregames at 5. You have been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.